When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Terrio Media. Success in real estate has nothing to do with shiny objects. It has everything to do with mastering the basics. The three pillars of real estate investing. Attract, convert, exit. Matt Terrio has been helping real estate investors do just that for more than a decade now. If you want to make money in real estate, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit reiace.com. Here's Matt. Hey there, Epic Investor. It's Matt Terrio from Epic Real Estate. This is where we show people how to invest in real estate with an emphasis on retiring early. This is the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. If it's your first time here, glad you found us. Make yourself at home. Make yourself cozy. Pull up a chair. Kick up your feet. If you like what you hear, make sure you hit the subscribe button before you go. And if this is not your first time here, welcome back. And thank you. I'm very grateful for you sharing this with your friends and family. We would not have been here for 10 years if it wasn't for you doing that. So you're the absolute best for doing that. So thank you. Um, got a guest for you today. We got a couple uh, mutual friends, really good friends, uh, Mr. Chris Arnold and Mr. Joe McCall, uh, two awesome dudes. And uh, I actually met this gentleman at a dinner and uh, we struck it off and I just didn't recognize his name when he saw it on the calendar. And I was like, uh, okay, well, he came recommended by Chris and Joe. So that's, uh, he's got to be a good guy. And uh, saw his face here on Zoom. Oh, what's up, buddy? <laughs> So I just learned something really cool about him. He's originally a golf professional, still uh, holds his PGA license, which is very cool, being a big golf fan myself. Moved to the U.S. in 2012 from England, and uh, he's got a passion for travel and work, and uh, he uh, drove to discover the world of real estate investing in his pursuit of freedom. So he's a coach, he's an investor, he's active, he's in the trenches, and all this month, or I guess since uh, we've kind of been on quarantine, I've been asking people to come on the show and just talk about how this uh, new environment, this new world is impacting them and what they're doing to modify and, and what opportunities they do they see, what challenges do they see, and just so uh, you can get uh, being on our little old mastermind. So please help me welcome to the show, Mr. Gavin Timms. Gavin, welcome to the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. Appreciate it, Matt. How you doing? Very good. Oh, you are from England, aren't you? I am, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are not from Alabama. Uh, <laughs> good to see you again, bud. I'm glad you made it. And, uh, Appreciate actually, it. Actually, what happened to that guy, right? But there you are, right yes. there on my calendar. So, super. Absolutely. So, um, you came over from England, and that was <clears throat> back, what, 2012-ish? Yeah. You haven't been here very long. How no. did you uh, come over here, and did you have real estate experience over there, or did you no. get started from scratch here? Yeah, it started from scratch. Kind of a crazy story, actually. Um, came over as a golf pro, you know, obviously trying to follow the weather. 
uh, originally, and then I met my wife, which is my wife now. And um, but we, uh, when, when I came over, I was still in golf across the you know United States. My wife was a travel nurse, so when when I first came over, she's always wanted to do travel nurse, and I love to travel, and so literally. She would take 13-week assignments, and I'd go into golf. We'd just follow the weather. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we, I worked in San Fran, Phoenix, Michigan, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, uh, multiple places, just literally wherever the golf spot is at the time of year, she'd take a job. And then in between assignments, we'd have a bunch of time off. Like, we'd take – she just wouldn't take an assignment for eight weeks. We'd go back to England, travel, and then kind of come back and do it all again. So it was pretty awesome. So we did that. Um, and I came across real estate by absolute chance, you know, being from England, I always knew, uh, that I wanted to be in business. I had no idea what it was going to be. Um, and it was not even real estate. Uh, I wanted an online business that I could work from anywhere, a phone, a laptop, and kind of sounds cheesy because everyone wants that, right? A lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I came across a, a, a gentleman, we were back in England visiting and we went on vacation with my parents in the UK place called St. Ives Cornwall and uh, we went into a coffee shop uh, it was in the evening it was like a wine bar coffee shop coffee shop in the day wine at night and we were debating if to go into this it's probably about 9 30 at night well like, okay let's have a quick drink so we go in it was really tiny England's obviously small anyway uh, but it's real tiny shop and the tables were pretty close together and there was a uh, an Irish guy and two couples next to us tables close together and there's an Irish guy there my wife's like oh, that guy's from South Africa. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's, he's from Ireland. And she was not having any of it. So I was like, I know he's from Ireland. Like, I don't even need to have this discussion, you know. So of course, <laughs> interrupt the guy at the first opportunity I did. I was like, excuse me, where are you from? He's like, oh, I live in Manchester, but I'm from Ireland. So I'm like, see. And they're like, where are you guys from? Well, she's from America. So obviously the conversation now just starts. So we're going like, what, what do you do? What are you here for? And he said... He said, I'm a property investor, but I don't see houses. And I was like, how are you a property investor, but you don't see houses? Well, comes to know that it's basically wholesaling virtually, mm-hmm. right? Um, so he starts saying, you'd be good at it. And I've just been telling him that I've been looking for something to do, but I'll just keep doing what I'm doing because I need the freedom. And obviously, vacation in the US, five days just isn't going to cut it, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, from that conversation, I started then to look in. I don't know if you know a guy called Tom Wade from England who used to be in the business. Um, Joe, at the time, McCall was doing something with him and started looking at his material and kind of got in this over then the next few months and thought, you know what, let's go all in. So I hired a coach and, uh, and I went all in, absolutely no idea what I was doing. And went full virtual from day one. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of how it got going and kind of got it going from there. You know, it was hard at the start and just, uh, yeah, started to get deals done. Very good. So what does business look like for you today? Actually good. Um, we've had a good month, uh, with COVID, uh, lucky really the way that we set the business up, rely a lot on, uh, small teams don't have a big team. So our overhead is low which is great right now. Uh, also with a virtual, you know, we try and do deals more over the phone and, and to lock deals up. Uh, and then we did have to pivot. One of the biggest takeaways that I could give anyone listening right now for what we did uh, is number one, old leads, a lot of follow-up. We do a lot of follow-up period, but more than ever follow-up and really going after vacant. So that was kind of straight away as soon as we could see what was happening. 
uh, we pivoted to go, right, we're going back through the CRM. We've got thousands of leads. Look for anything mm-hmm. vacant. I don't even care if it was before. I think it was March 10th. We're calling them again, even if it was that soon, because obviously the pandemic had come in. And that's what we focused on. Um, and we literally focused on vacant houses. And even the ones that you know were absentee or, or rented, we, we do manage to get creative if the talent, tenant is willing. So we did do like walk through Zoom call a couple of times, uh, videoing it live, telling them, right, walk in the next room, move around, up, down, doing all that. Um, but the tenant has got to be willing to help you. So it's trying to build that relationship with the tenant. And sometimes they're like, no, we're not doing it. You're not coming in. And that's the end of it. And there's nothing you can do other than get with the seller and say, hey, you know, if we can contract it, we want to buy this, but we're going to have to, you know, kind of see it out. Um, and that was kind of the big transitions that we did. So really new list was vacants, uh, you know, absentees, some driving for dollars if you get bored. Uh, and then obviously follow up, follow up, follow up with what was in the CRM. In terms of just some numbers, we had, we closed one last week. It was a pretty big one for us. It was like 44,000 and we've got another about 50,000 in closing over about five deals. Uh, and we've got about three more in the, con- the contract we're trying to get in. So it's been a good month. We had, you know, Nike in closing through, through the pandemic, which is good. Um, but it's all about, and you, again, you probably agree, mate. It's all about profit at the end of the day. Like I said, we're not big on offices and, and, and all that big teams. It's what you're putting in your pocket, right? Mm-hmm. So low marketing budget, it, it, you know, we're not, a, I don't, we, we don't do half a million a month or anything or 200,000 a month mm-hmm. uh, like some people do, but it's all about what are you putting in your pocket? How big your team? How big your overhead? Because, I mean, we know a lot of the same people. We know who's hurting. We know who isn't. And, uh, mm-hmm. and kind of, we probably see the similar things in the market. And it really comes down to overhead and marketing expense to see who, who is surviving or how long they can survive with what's going right. on. Right. What market are, or where do, you, where do you operate from? What city? So I live in Savannah, Georgia, um, okay. but I actually do business. The ones that we were just talking about is in um, Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do some stuff in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, I do a little bit in Augusta, Georgia, and then Maui, Hawaii. But we have put Maui on hold. Um, I only do in Maui uh, flips with a flipper. So um, I have a partner there um, that we get paid. We've got it creative with the deal, but we get paid on the back end of the flip on that. So we don't mm-hmm. wholesale. We kind of just in it together. But we have put that on hold, and we really just went deep in, in uh, really Birmingham, Alabama, to keep that going just while we're in this pandemic. So we just shifted a little bit for it to make sense. Got it. Okay, so your uh, the con- the consensus that I've been getting from everybody this month is there's gold in those old leads. Oh, they're the best. That's what you're finding right now, and mm-hmm. as the market shifts, people that weren't motivated two weeks ago are all of a sudden motivated today. 100%. Right? Cool. So um, you're calling through those. What is uh What does your call sound like? What does that look like? Yeah. So, um, well, for us, I have obviously acquisitions guy, uh, that, well, he, you could say his acquisitions, but he doesn't see how the, the property he literally sits on the phone. Um, so he's doing the calls, not me anymore. Like I, I used to, uh, but it's the same thing. Um, we've pivoted a little bit. It's more of a check-in based on the notes. One of the biggest things for us is taking very good notes, uh, from the previous call. So you always want to pick up from where you last left mm-hmm. off, um, uh, which is huge. 
And even if it was, like you say, it was in, in March that we spoke, or it could have been two years ago. Uh, hopefully we've followed up you know, before two years, but uh, <laughs> that's how old the lead might be. So we have a lot of notes or maybe newer notes, but the conversation is really just checking back in. So it would look like, hey, Matt, how you doing? This is Gavin. We spoke about you know, your property a month ago, or three months ago, six months, whatever the time frame would be. Uh, we would touch base. Hey, do you have a minute just to chat? Oh, yeah, I do. Look, we were interested in buying it. Um, you know, would you, have you got any interest in selling it? It's obviously crazy what's going on in the world right now. And kind of say, how are you coping with this? And mm -hmm. get a feel. Um, sometimes we'll lead in about the property, but a lot, it's not about the property. It's about the person and their situation. So it's more like, how are you holding up? You know, what do they think about the situation? And, and everyone's got an opinion, right? It's right. like, well, right. yeah, I'm struggling. I've lost my job. And you're going to find motivation that way or people are going to say this is ridiculous and, you know, we're being, we should have freedom to do what we want. And you've got other people that say, you know, we should be staying in. And it's all opinions, right? You have right. to adapt. You don't get into an argument. You put your views aside. You just you agree just, with whatever they say. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, I know you want your freedom. It is annoying, isn't it, when we have to stay in? Regardless of what I think, I'm just going, I'm just building rapport, having a conversation. Sure. And then the, the property will always come secondary. Um, if, you know, why you're calling. But if it makes sense, and if it doesn't, like, oh, no, we're good. We're working from home. We've got the kids. And, well, look, you know, sounds like you're doing well. Look, if we're still interested in 123 Main Street, so if anything changes, let us know. And if mm -hmm. they don't bite at that point, then no problem. We'll just leave them on follow-up and, and we'll go again and go on to the next one. So we're not being forceful. They're going to come to the table very quickly. One of the biggest things is, is that you'll see, you know, in real estate, everyone kind of sits on the fence, right? And what we're seeing in follow-up is either they want to sell and they're like, yeah, actually now is good. Like we've got to get going or it's going to be like, no, we're going to wait and see what this thing does. But at least it's a decision made. We're not mm -hmm. getting that, mm, well, maybe, possibly, oh, don't really. We're seeing less of that and more decisions. Got it. Which is, Got which it. is good. Totally. That's what we want. We want a yes or a no. Absolutely. Good with either one, for sure. All right. So, cool. So, your conversation, you find someone that's interested, you're locking deals up over the phone. What does locking it up over the phone look like? Uh, ideally, if we can, we're going to get the contract, right? So, we're big mm -hmm. on if, if we... I don't know a percentage. I feel like 85, probably percent, 80% of the time we'll, we'll try and get the contract before actually going in. If we can get pictures, then we will. Every situation is different, but we try and get the contract on it because we have an inspection period. So we say that, you know, well, based on the numbers, we're not a, a business that goes knowing that we have to renegotiate. Absolutely not. We work the numbers based on the situation and the scenario that they've given us on what's needed. Now, if we go in and that isn't the case, sellers are not always going to tell the truth. We're only going to be moving them on the repairs rather than because we've made a mistake in terms of the formula that we'd be using, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's only based on that, but it would be like, okay, well, look, we feel that we can make you know offer around this. If they like that number, we'll say, look, the next step is we're going to send you a contract. Uh, you know, If it's vacant, we'll say, hey, can we get a lockbox on there? Uh, to send our contractors, our people in that need to see the property. So we'll do that if we can. Uh, if not, we'll obviously try and meet the seller out there. Social distancing, we will bring that up and say, look, you know, you can unlock it. We'll have a mask. We'll go in, get pictures. Uh, we're probably going to have to get back in again. Um, so every, everything is everything's different. We, we obviously mm -hmm. pivot. If they're older, 
Sometimes we will have to get it in terms of sending it in the mail. If they don't use DocuSign or anything, uh, we'll send it in the mail. Sometimes we'll drop it off. Uh, people on the ground there will we'll drop it off. And uh, I mean, we have to do that. Whatever pleases the seller right now. Like if they're like, well, we don't want people. We understand. So we're like, look, we can, you know, put it in a Ziploc. We'll wipe it down before we put it in the, you know, the mailbox. We'll leave it on the porch. Anything that's going to, whatever they want to do that's going to make them comfortable is what we're going to do, right? However, we're going to do that, whether that's, uh, you know, any, any of them things, a walkthrough video, up-to-date pictures, anything that's going to move the process along sure. is, is what we're going to try and do. Okay, cool. So, yeah, DocuSign is obviously the easy way, right, to get it signed and if they're willing to open up, if they got an email address, because yes. uh, we find that. In the, Absolutely. Particularly where you're working, that probably comes up, doesn't, I mean, that comes up more often than you would think it would. Yes. Um, so if you're going to go to the property, so and you've mentioned team, what does your team look like? You got boots on the ground on all of those markets? Yeah, so we have, um, yes. So I have partners on the ground, right? But they don't always go to the property either. Uh, sometimes we have what we call a runner. So we pay a runner, which is basically a person that goes and gets us pictures, uh, puts a lockbox on and shows the house if we want them to. Like they don't have any real estate experience, absolutely none. They just know, understand how to take a picture and open the door, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we pay them uh, to do it that way. Or sometimes, depending on the type of deal, the size of deal, who the buyer is, then I have like Alabama, I've got Melissa on the ground who I partner with. Uh, she will go out and, and meet the buyer. Uh, so again, case by case. But we do use runners as, as much as we can. Um, and that looks, depending on what type of side of town, it could be 25, 50 bucks to go out and get us pictures. Uh, sometimes we'll group two or three together if they're in the same area, things like that. Got it. So the people that are on your team that go out and, and get contracts signed and stuff like that, um, did you know them before or did you build them after the fact, build your team after the fact? Yeah, so when we started, uh, it let me take – I have partners in different areas, but let's just work Alabama because it's a similar scenario. So Alabama, it was just me and, and the whole I made the family. Alabama joke and I didn't even know you're in Alabama. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So oh, I have a partner on the ground there. Uh, so it was just two of us. So what, what happened was is that I do from a virtual level. So I run all the systems, you know, the cold call and the VAs, um, all that stuff, the lead gen. And then she would get the, get the con I'd have the con the, uh, the leads pre-screened. She would lock the deals up and then sell them. That's what we did to start with. And we were, there was just two of us plus my, my lead gen people. Um, then we started to do too much, got too busy. So then we brought on a, uh, an acquisition or, or a phone guy. Um, so his job then is just to sit and, and basically get contracts. Um, and if he can get them signed, that's what we do, or we'll send someone out to get the signature, mobile notary, whatever we can do to do that. So we have him, we have Melissa, uh, and then runners as we have a couple of runners that we use, depending on who's, who's available. And that's pretty much it on the, uh, on the ground there. And then I have my VA. So I, I do a lot of cold calling and texting. Uh, that's what I do for lead gen and, uh, they're in the Philippines. They, I don't, I don't outsource and they work directly for me. Got it. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, cool. So you got the contract, locked it up over the phone, got multiple markets. Um, and you've got, you had a big closing last week. You got a bunch in the pipeline. Yeah. How is the, how has your conversation with buyers changed since this whole thing has gone down? 
Yeah. So um, as I should say, actually, when I when I said about going back through the through the CRM, at the same time that was happening, we then called all the buyers because the first week that this actually was happening, we lost like everyone. People started to pull out deals. So the first yeah. thing we did is the acquisitions is sellers. Melissa, for instance, is going right, calling all the buyers, uh, and we want to know who's buying, who's not buying who's like waiting, who's not buying right now, who's buying, how many of the buying, and, and, and so on. So we did that. We qualified everyone that we had and go, right, these select people are buying and ready and want to buy as many as they can. They're the ones we're going to deliver on. So, okay, what, what areas do they actually want? And then that's how we then started with the follow-up to say, right, well, let's pull it by zip and let's hit everyone in these areas first because we know we can now match them the fastest to do business. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we did. So yeah, um, just really asking them, them simple questions. Hey, you know, we have the relationship with the buyers, so it's crazy right now. Can you get funding? Do you have cash? Are you relying on funding? Um, and, and vetting them. And some people are like, no, I have X amount of, you know, some one guy had 200, 2 million, sorry. So he's like, I got 2 million ready. We've funded in place. We're good. We're solid. Like I'm buying. And then someone else is like, I am buying if I can get funding. So you have to categorize everyone to say, mm -hmm. okay, and, and put procedures, right, we'll give you this, but you need to know within the next amount of time if they're going to fund you or not. Because you never want to put all your eggs in one basket, right? Right, right. So. What, would you, what would you say is your percentage from the, from the pool of buyers that you had that were the difference between yeses and noes? Um, I would say probably about 25% of our act. I mean, everyone's got a big buyers list, but I would say we have like 30 people, right. Mm -hmm. that actually buy right in terms of regulars. And then on, on then I'd say we probably send out now. Yeah. Probably 10, 10 people. I would say that are really like, yeah, we're active and you're picking the new ones up, but I'd mm -hmm. say probably 10 out of like 30 that would still be like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. And the Got other it. 20 are like, absolutely not. Okay. So not, not, you didn't lose that many then? No. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, we, we can still cover pretty much all areas across what we do. Mm -hmm. We wish was good. Yeah. And I, there's, a, there's a certain email that goes out in, in, a, in a marketing sequence that we have for uh, prospective students. And it, it cut that particular email when they respond to it, it comes back to me and I'm always, I'm interested in what they're saying. Just keeping my pulse on my finger on the pulse and what's going through their minds. And the, one of the common things is people are just making the assumption that nobody's selling and nobody's oh, buying. Brutal. Right? Calm, yeah. you know, I can't do it now because of the virus. I can't do it because of the quarantine. I'm just like, you're so off base. And I was like, oh, yeah. so what made you think that? Like, or, and then I was, or a question will be like, so how many sellers did you talk to before you came to that conclusion? <laughs> and this is like, well, I haven't picked up the phone because I don't want to bother anybody. It's like, yeah, so it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and with that, you know, with, with our acquisition guy, that was one of the first things that we said is, right, people are at home, so you're going to get more people answering. More people are going to get upset that you're calling. Mm -hmm. So you have to intercept real quick and, and put them, not in their place, but do it in a way. So, for instance, if you're like, we're in a pandemic, why are you calling us? And it will be like, look, Matt, I completely agree, but there's a lot of people that need our help right now. It just sounds like you're not one of them people, which I get. 
but there's a lot of people losing their houses and cannot make payments, and we're looking at buying property. And normally, nine times out of 10, they'll go, oh, no, that makes sense, actually, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so do you want to sell that? <laughs> and then if yeah. not, again, you're on to the next one. Uh, but that was one of the things that we kind of caught early. But you're exactly right, even with our clients. You know, I talk about doubling down, doing more marketing, not spread, but real focus. Like, okay, mm -hmm. active buyers. I have three buyers buying in these five zips. Mm -hmm. I'm going, firstly, CRM. What leads have we got in them? We're calling them all. Next thing, can I get vacants? We're calling all new vacants for cold calling. And you're literally just narrowing in and, uh, and, and making it happen. And like I said, we had a, we had a good month um, because of that. And the, the good thing is, is all your competition is also having that mindset, a lot of people, like we're done, this is over. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, it's not. So yeah. uh, you can definitely get more business done for sure. Yeah. Um, friends and you probably know all, a lot of the same people that run direct mail houses and they said yes. they lost about like 60% of their business. So I was like, well, that's just 60% of all the investors that just left. Right. Yep. Absolutely. So it's just opportunity everywhere. And, and speaking of which, where do you see the, uh, the big opportunities right now? And what has you, what about the next six months are you most excited about? Yeah. So we do, um, in Alabama, we do more wholesaling. Obviously, I do lease options as well. So we cover both uh, ends of a type of deal. Um, mm -hmm. Right now, you know, we, everyone talks about what the market's going to do. You know, for me, I like to control the things that I can control on a daily basis, especially the way that I invest. So I'm not a big buy and hold guy. I'm not a flipper, right? We wholesale. It's the safest way to invest, in my opinion. Um, so for us, we see the opportunity is right now. Uh, until anything happens, the opportunity is always right now. But we are understanding that it is changing. You know, the sellers are going to be easier. We've seen this before. I wasn't in the crash, but I've been told enough by everyone else that the, the sellers are going to come easier. The buyers are going to be coming harder. So make sure you've always got active people. When they run out of money, make sure there's always people behind them, uh, especially for your wholesalers. And then the big thing is for anyone you know, on the show that, that listens to this wholesaling, you've got to get into creative finance. Start learning creative finance from owner finance, lease options, sub twos if you like them. I'm not a big fan of sub two personally, but any creative finance, if you can start building and learning that, you pretty much have every tool then to ride any recession. And, uh, and if you're smart enough, low overhead, then I think you, you'll make more money than you've ever made personally. Sweet. Sweet. So you're, you also coach, so you help people uh, invest in real estate as well. So yeah. someone coming to you brand new right now, uh, what's your advice to them? What, what actions are you telling them to take right now? First thing that I would say if they were absolutely brand new um, is first analyze the market that they're in. You know, if that's in the middle of downtown San Francisco, I would probably say we're going virtual mm -hmm. um, just because of the marketing dollars that's going to be needed, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing is analyze the market. Then it would be if we're talking on a wholesale level, I'd be looking for buyers number one. So go and build yourself a buyer's list. Go and find out who's actually actively buying right now. Uh, once you've got at least five people active uh, and, and find out exactly what their criteria is over, over what area. So is that county? Is it uh, what zip codes? And I always like to ask, here's a common, common one that you'll get. Where are you buying? 
I buy everywhere. Okay. And then you'll find, well, I don't want to buy there. So what we ask is, is there anywhere that you don't want to buy? And they'll go, yes, these zip codes, absolutely not. They'll buy everywhere else. So we'll eliminate it some way uh, in the criteria. So as soon as we get activity, the next thing then, once they've got at least five, they don't need to get 50 or 100. Just get a few people and then you reverse that. You pull a list, you get on that phone and you start the process. Uh, from that, marketing, talking, sales, making offers, and then follow up, rinse and repeat, vet, keep it simple, and, uh, and, and go for it. That's what I would advise. Very good. That's good. Yeah. Super. Um, what do you see as the, uh, the biggest mistake people are making right now or, or could be making here in the near future? One of the biggest mistakes you see, you've already touched on it, is that no one's buying. Yeah, yeah. No one's doing business. Number one is probably the biggest thing I see, the most, the, the biggest question that I get. Uh, so that's a massive mistake because they're absolutely wrong. We could go, I mean, I don't have a fact on this, but I'm pretty confident I can go any market in the United States and you'll find someone buying it. I mean, it's just a mm-hmm. given, right? From any strategy. So I think that one of the biggest things is the mistakes is that. Um, and the other thing is, uh, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is that everyone is so much focused on lead generation and not follow-up. And you will only handpick an odd deal at a high cost of marketing. Uh, and everyone's just fill the hopper, fill the hopper, and they have one conversation, don't do a deal, never follow up, and then they do you know, one in every 300, costing them pretty much how much they get out of the deal is what they've put in. So they don't make any money. So really focusing on drip feeding leads and really making sure the back end is, is, is focused on follow up. Awesome. No, I, I agree with both of those hundred um, percent. Th- there's this thing that they say over here. I don't know if you've ever heard of it when they say fortune is in the follow up. Have you heard of them? This this saying? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yes. gosh, it's it's such a cliche that people just ignore it. But that's oh, yeah. that's where it's at. And everyone's fighting over that three percent that's gonna sell to you on that first call and ignoring the ninety-seven percent of where all the money's at, right? Absolutely. That's why you can't build a business doing it. <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> Super. So Gavin, it's been a pleasure. If someone wanted to get in touch with you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Get in touch with me. Go to support at reinetwork.com. So you can message me there, support at reinetwork.com. And uh, also I do, I've just started a new YouTube channel under Gavin Timms. So check that out as well. Oh, nice. Gavin Timms uh, on YouTube? Yes. Uh, That's one thing that the, the COVID virus has allowed me to do is to bear down on my YouTube stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I've, uh, I'm doing all the editing and everything. And so all my creative juices are flowing and uh, it's, it's been fun. And I'm up until two in the morning editing and I was yeah. like, when are you coming to bed? I was like, I'm, I'm almost out. done. I'm working, it's a masterpiece. I'm working on this piece of art. Yeah. It's been great. Oh, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. All right, Gavin. Thanks right, buddy. Man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Likewise. Mm-hmm. All right, bye-bye. Bye. All righty. So if you found this episode valuable, there's a pretty good chance you might know someone else who would too. And when that person comes to mind, share it with them and ask them to click the subscribe button when they get here. I'll take good care of them. All righty. That's it for today. God loves you. So do I. Peace, health, blessings, and success to you. I'm Matt Terrio. Living the dream. 
yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. You didn't know, homeboy, we got the cash flow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.